Father, we bow in your presence. May your word be our rule, your spirit our teacher, and your greater glory our supreme concern. All this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. I speak to you now in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So recently, I, I met a man uh, who I graduated from high school with, and I have to admit, uh, I was pretty uh, disappointed uh, in meeting him. Uh, he was a guy. He was a, an athlete. He was a scholar. Uh, he was, had all the means of being pretty successful. He was that guy that if you were looking at our senior class, you would pick and say, yes, this guy is going to make it. He's going to be somebody. Uh, but when I met him, I saw the complete opposite. You see, he had fallen uh, into a habit with drugs and uh, had many children and, and a lot of different things that were going on in his life. And my, my heart ached for him. Uh, we began to talk and uh, I tried over the next couple of weeks uh, to, to really encourage him and to set him up for success. Um, but I soon found out uh, that it seemed like I wanted more for him than he uh, wanted for himself. Have you ever been there? Have you ever uh, wanted something so bad for somebody else uh, and it doesn't seem like uh, they wanted it for themselves? I know as a pastor, that's often my case. I, I really want to help people. I really want the best for people. I believe that they are capable and able and that God can turn their life around. But I also recognize that they have a part to play in their own deliverance, Right? They have a part to play in their own deliverance. God is able and he is willing to deliver. He's able and willing to save. And yet we have a part to play in our own deliverance. Maybe you're a parent and, and you, want best for, you want the best for your son or for your daughter. Uh, but you realize, the frustrating part is that you realize you, you can't want more for your child than, than, you do, uh, than they do for themselves. Maybe you're an employer and, and you really want the best for your employees. You really want the best for... Uh, for your, your, your job and, and, and your company, but you realize, frustrating as it is, that you, don't, you can't want more for your employees, for your company, than they want for themselves. Our brother James, uh, the brother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, is writing uh, under similar circumstances. He wants the best for the people he's writing with. You see, the people that he is writing to, uh, they have uh, uh, been scattered uh, he is writing this letter uh, to people who have been scattered, who are under persecution, who are under immense suffering because of the Roman Empire and for naming the name of Christ. And they are being, uh, there is a sense of hopelessness. There's a sense of despair. And he is writing to a people who have been undergoing great suffering, great persecution. And he is writing to them and encouraging them to stand in their faith. And we've been kind of walking through this uh, epistle uh, chapter by chapter uh, over, the last, over the last couple of weeks, and now we're on uh, the last chapter, chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, open with me uh, to uh, James uh, chapter 5. James chapter 5. James starts off uh, this uh, particular pericope uh, in verse 13 uh, by asking a redundant question. Is any among you suffering? Well, the obvious answer to that is, Yes, yes, we are suffering, James. You know that. That's why you're writing to us, right? You're encouraging us. Yes, we are suffering. You know our situation. You know the persecution. You know that we have lost everything and that we are in utter despair. But the answer that James gives to the question, 
uh, doesn't seem to fit, he said, let them pray. Is anyone suffering? Yes, we are suffering. Then let him pray. Why would James say that? Let, then let him pray. Because it is, uh, it is custom for, for people when they are going through great suffering to not pray, but to grumble. It is easy when you're going through to, to complain and to grumble and talk about uh, how, how hard you have it and, and all this stuff. And we go inward. And we go inward. James is saying, let him pray. Why? Because he wants to refocus us. He wants to refocus us. Uh, and so that our attention then becomes not on ourselves, but our attention becomes on God. For honest, oftentimes our situational consciousness is bigger than our God consciousness. And if we make God the focus, then what we find is that our situation often changes. Not that, not that it, we get delivered from it and all that, but we are able to bear it a little bit better because we get a bigger picture, we get a, a, a clearer picture of who God is in our lives. You see, through prayer we get to know God. We get to know who He is and we get to know not only is God able, but He is willing. You see, then God becomes our friend in suffering. And we're not going through it alone, but God, we become aware that God is with us, that God is going through this thing with us, that we will be okay because we have God on our side. If any of you are suffering, let him pray. And then he goes on, if any of you, is anyone cheerful, let him sing songs of praise. How did he get from suffering to being cheerful? Because when you focus on God, he tends to encourage your heart. I don't know the last time I, I got into some real prayer that I didn't come away uh, with a sense of encouragement. Maybe, have, you, have you ever prayed like that? Have you been, spent some time in prayer? Maybe it, was, maybe it was for another individual. Maybe it was for another person. And, and you began to pray about that situation and all of a sudden you found, because you began to tell God who he is and what he's able to do and, and all of this, you began to remind yourself, uh, you began to declare the promises of God for someone else uh, and then all of a sudden you kind of pick that up in your spirit and you got to remind yourself of who God is in your life and you, walked away, you walk away encouraged. Our brother James is saying that because prayer and praise are often great comforters. It was Bishop Shaughnessy who said, Prayer and praise are great comforts in times of trouble. Because if you begin to pray, praise flows naturally. If you begin to praise, pray, prayer flows naturally. He goes on in verse, four, uh, verse 14. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of, our, name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Wow. Wow. That, that was full, wasn't it? That was a lot. He just said, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. They're going to anoint you with oil. And they're going to pray in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sin, he will be forgiven. Wow, right away we see that James... Uh, likens sickness uh, to sin. And this is a very Jewish thing to do uh, because uh, the Jews uh, were very cognizant of the scriptures. And they have uh, the Genesis in their mind. When, when Adam sinned and fell, they have the fall in the backdrop and they understand that when Adam fell and sinned against God, all manner of evil entered the world. And they believed that, that, that physical sickness 
was, a, was, a, was an outward sign of the heart. And then if they got the heart right through confession, that eventually that healing would trickle down into their hands, into their feet, and their, they would begin to be well. There was a man who said, There's a, there is one, even the man Christ Jesus, who is able to heal even your soul with disease. You see, the problem in the garden was not uh, uh, an outward thing. It was a matter of the heart. And Jews believed if we could square the heart away and we could repent of our sins and we can receive the healing uh, uh, balm of salvation and forgiveness through confession of our sins, then and only then would we be able to receive physical healing. See, it started in the heart, got in their hands and in their feet, said, and the Lord would raise him up on the last day, and if he's committed any sins, he will be forgiven. But he says to let him confess his sin, and then it goes on and says, therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for another that you may be healed. What is he talking about here? See, after you get right with God, and, and, and you've sinned, and you've gotten right with God, he says, hey, you've got to go get right with your neighbor. So he's not talking so much about confessing your sins to your neighbor as if you don't need a priest, or if you don't need God, you could just... Talk to your brother and your sister in Christ, and that's all well and good. That's true. That's true, certainly. And in cases of emergency, if there's no priest and, and different things like that, yes, you should uh, talk to your sin, and you should have an accountability partner. Uh, you should talk, with your, uh, talk about your sin to your brother or your sister, someone who's going to hold you accountable in the faith. Absolutely. But that's not apart from the ministry of the church. But what he's talking about is, hey, after you've confessed your sins, go make it right. If you've sinned against your brother... Go make it right. Tell them about it. Confess it. Make that thing right. That you may be healed. That healing may begin to take place. That this forgiveness that, that you've prayed about may be, be able to take root and to grow and to bear fruit. He says, going on, he says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. And he goes and uses an example in verse 17. Elijah was a man with the nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. And then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. What is he saying? The prayers of a righteous man has great power. You know who, who the only person uh, that doesn't believe that prayers have great power? You know who that person is? The person who doesn't believe it? It's you and I. The devil believes it. The devil believes it. The scriptures say the devil believes and does tremble. The devil knows the kind of power your prayer has. The devil knows how, what kind of power uh, you being in Christ has. He knows that you're a son and daughter of God. He knows what you're capable of. The only person who is not completely convinced about that is you and I. And we have to be reminded about who we are in Christ. But dangerous is the man, dangerous is the woman who knows who they are in Christ. Because that man has clothed himself, not in his own power, not in their own ability, but in the righteousness and the power of Jesus Christ. You see, they have hidden their lives in Jesus Christ. And it's because of his righteousness that they have the authority to ask anything in God's name. And it's under that authority that the scriptures say, if you ask that in that name, in the name of Jesus Christ, that God will indeed do those things. That God will give us the desires of our hearts. 
Verse 19, he says, my brothers, if any of you, if any of you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings him back, uh, brings back the sinner from wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. What is he talking about here? Have you got it yet? What is he talking about? He's talking about forgiveness. He's talking about forgiveness. In the beginning, he opens up, the, the, he op- like a good writer, he opens up this chapter. He opens up the book talking about sin. He says, if any man sin, let it, uh, uh, if any man, don't, God doesn't tempt you with sin. But if there is sin, uh, it started in your own heart. And when it, lead, when, it, when it grows, it brings forth death, right? It brings forth death. But then he says, hey, there's a cure for that. There is a cure for that death. Your sin does bring forth death, but there's a cure. What's the cure? Jesus Christ, the truth. The truth. Uh, in, in chapter 1, uh, James talked about this truth uh, that, we, that we've come to know and that we are the first fruits of this truth, the first fruits of Christ. We are his witnesses in the world. It's that same thing. He's saying, hey, brothers and sisters in Christ, if you see your brother or your sister wandering from Christ, you have a responsibility to go after them, to get them, and to bring them back into the, under the name of Jesus Christ. You have a responsibility to go after your brother in love, to shower them with love, and to offer them the forgiveness that Christ offered them. You see, the worst thing in the world, it's not, uh, 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 the worst thing in the world is a Christian who is living beneath his privilege. It's not, it's not the sinners in the world because Christ wants to save them. It's people who, who claim to know Christ and don't use the knowledge of Christ. They don't use the power that they have. It, it, it's like having a, a, a computer uh, and not reading the, 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 the instructions. You don't know how to use it. You don't know how to turn it on. It's like buying a new car and not knowing how to drive it. You see, we as Christians, we have got to get into the Word. We have got to get into prayer. We've got to let prayer get into us. And us, we have not only got to get into prayer, but we've got to let prayer get into us. We've got to get into the Word, and we've got to let the Word get into us. Why? So that we can become mature in Christ. So that we don't just become people who come and and warm up a pew on Sunday morning. We become people who are effective in turning this world upside down to the glory of God, who are able to go out and proclaim the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit, who can say to the devil enough, who can pray for people and things happen, not because you're so great, but because our God is so great. And when we leave this room, we leave with the power of Jesus. We leave with the power of the Holy Spirit. Having received Jesus in the Eucharist, we go out into the world to declare not only his name, but faith in him, that forgiveness is indeed possible. Friends, I believe our Lord Jesus Christ is tired of seeing his people, the ones whom he died for, the ones whom he loved, his church, live beneath their privilege. And yes, you may be struggling, and yes, you may be going through, and life may be hitting you pretty hard, but he wants you to know You have an option in him. And not only do you have an option in him, but he wants you to use it. He wants you to get mature 
and to become mature believers, followers of Him, able to use all the gifts and graces that God has given you to His glory, that you might broaden His kingdom, that you might expand His borders to the glory of the Father. You see, instead of grumbling about our situations and turning inward, Christ is calling us, James is reminding us that our jobs are to turn outward, to look up to Jesus Christ, to look outward to him, to allow him to become him and his glory and his mission in the church to become the central focus of our lives. God will take care of the rest. If we do that much, we participate in the life of the church, not only confessing our sins, uh, and, and, but also receiving forgiveness. We can go outside of the church and offer the same forgiveness which we have received from Christ with power, with authority. Wow. Can you imagine a church who did that? I can. Jesus can. Our brother James can. And that's why he wrote the letter, to encourage us. Not to live beneath our privilege, but to access everything we have available to us in God the Father, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.